Today we discuss some more Islanders trade rumors as the trade deadline looms and two players who have been indispensable to the team in recent weeks. We've got all that in a preview of tonight's game against Winnipeg, all on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Sark tees it up, and a save is made by Bobrovsky. Nelson, Barzell with the open net, and he scores! Hi, and welcome to the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Gil Martin. I'm an Islanders columnist and historian. And I wrote the book Ice Wars, which covers the complete history of the Islanders' rivalry with the Rangers from 1972 to the modern era. And welcome, everybody, to the Wednesday edition of the Locked On Islanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Gil Martin, so glad you could join us today and be part of the Locked On Islanders family. And thanks for making Locked On Islanders Your first listen every day. We are free and available on all platforms. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked On. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. We have got a lot to discuss on today's show, but first, if there's something Islanders related on your mind, if you have a question for us, a comment about something we've already discussed or maybe a topic you'd like us to talk about on a future episode, feel free to send us an email, the email address LockedOnIslanders at gmail.com. And if you leave your first name and where you're from, we're happy to mention you on the show when we discuss whatever it is that's on your mind. You can follow the show on Twitter at LockedOnIsles, and you can follow me, Gil Martin, on Twitter at IceWars, N-Y-R-V-S-N-Y-I, We'll keep you up to date on all the latest Islanders news, notes, and happenings. And I'm live tweeting during nearly every Islanders home and road game. So make sure you join me for some instant insight and analysis. And it's always great to interact with Islander fans game time or any time. Well, I wanted to open up today's show by discussing two players who I just think have been indispensable to the Islanders in recent weeks. And I'm going to talk about the fact that if these two players do well, the Islanders seem to have a legitimate chance to win games. And if they don't, well, it it just isn't going to work all that well. And I think yesterday, or excuse me, I, I think that Monday's game, against the Pittsburgh Penguins sort of illustrated this. And the first player that I wanted to talk about was Brock Nelson. And look, Brock, he had the, what, 12-game point string snapped against Boston, came back, scored a couple of goals against uh, on Monday against Pittsburgh. So what is this now, 13 out of the last... 14 games that Nelson has at least one point. Brock Nelson realistically has been a vital part of the Islanders' offense. He leads the team in goals with 26. 
He leads the team in points with 57. He is a plus three on the year and is tied for the team lead in game-winning goals with five, tied for the team lead in power play goals with five, and has 14 power play points. Look, Brock Nelson was a big part, you know, after uh, after the return from injury of Kyle Palmieri. Nelson, Lee, and Palmieri were the line that sort of carried the offense while the other three lines were struggling. And, you know, Nelson has been, in my mind, the most consistent offensive player on this Islanders team. And I think he is vital if the team is going to somehow put together a run for a playoff spot. They're going to need Brock Nelson to continue to be productive. Now, uh, we did get an email from Ryan. He says, hey, great win. Uh, After the news of Barzal being out, I see the playoff hopes less likely than before. And even if they can make the playoffs, the chances of a deep run are slim to none. I think the Islanders could get a decent return on Nelson as he's not getting any younger and is still a very effective goal scorer. What are your thoughts and what do you think you would want back? Well, Ryan, first of all, thanks for the email. Here's the deal. On the one hand, Brock Nelson, if you ever wanted to trade him, this would be the time. I mean, he's 31 years old. His He's red hot right now, as we mentioned. His value will probably never be higher. So if you're just looking at Brock Nelson as a asset that you can trade and get things for, you'll never get more for him, most likely, than you're going to get right now. But and I think you can get a number one pick and maybe a, a mid-level or even decent prospect back for Brock. But no way Lou Lamorello is going to do that. No way Lou Lamorello is going to do that as long as he feels that this team even has a decent chance to qualify for the playoffs. So while I think, Ryan, that your question is a legitimate one, while I think that from an asset management standpoint, if you believe this team cannot go on a long playoff run, even if they somehow make the playoffs, would it make sense to try to trade Brock Nelson? Yeah, on certain levels it would. But Lou Lamorello, it would be a very, very uncharacteristic move on Lou Lamorello's part. The other player who I think would, you know, has been vital to the Islanders' success, and again, we saw this Monday against Pittsburgh, is Ilya Sorokin. And I'll throw in Varley, Semyon Varlamov as well. When those guys are on their game, the Islanders end up being in games, possibly even winning games, where they are outplayed for long stretches of the game and really don't have a lot of business being in, and yet they find ways to win it. If you watch that first period against Pittsburgh on Monday, the Islanders were outshot 19-7, to and yet it was just a one nothing game. And Sorokin was outstanding. In the second period, he made, again, one of those saves that was highlight real save-of-the-year candidate kind of stuff. And he 
got the Islanders two points where an average goalie or even a good goalie, the Islanders would have been down three, four, nothing after that first period. But Sorokin kept him in. And when Varley is on his game, he's capable of doing the same thing. So it really becomes a question of, you know, having these players continue to play at a high level. And yes, Sorokin and Varlamov, I mean, Varlamov didn't look particularly good in Boston on Saturday, although none of the Islanders did. But when those two guys are on their game and when Brock Nelson is on his game, this team generally stands a chance. Whereas if Sorokin falters and isn't playing well, or if Varley has a bad game when he's in the goal, it is going to be very, very difficult for the Islanders to pull off the W. So those two players, in my mind, have really, really been a force for this team and helped this team uh, stay in the playoff run in spite of the team's inconsistency that we've seen throughout. So hopefully the Islanders continue to get good production from Brock Nelson, good goaltending from Sorokin and Varlamov, and we'll see. It's going to be a challenge to continue to compete for these wildcard spots. I mean, again, I think emotion carry the Islanders to a large extent Monday against Pittsburgh, especially after that scrum late in the second period, which I think energized the Islanders and helped them rally. And I'll be honest with you, that cohesiveness, that standing up for each other, that spirit is something they're definitely going to need and we haven't seen enough of over the course of the first 60 games of the season. And believe it or not, for the Islanders, 22 games left on the schedule. And then hopefully playoffs, but 22 games. And then, you know, we're done with this 2022-2023 season. We have got more to get to, some trade rumors that I wanted to discuss a little bit. We've got our weekly farm report, and we preview tonight's game at the UBS Arena against a tough Winnipeg Jets team, an unfamiliar opponent, all that and more still to come on today's Locked On Islanders podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by your friends at FanDuel. We've reached the midway point of the NBA season, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. And then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scorers and threes drained. And hey, check out the odds for the Islanders tonight against Winnipeg at the FanDuel Sportsbook app. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay. So don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. So trade rumors. Let's, uh, let's start with that. And... Interesting report uh, coming out, uh, not necessarily from one of the bigger fish out there, but David Pagnata of the fourth period 
says that there have been a number of teams who have, quote, expressed various levels of interest in center J.G. Pajot. Now, the good news in this report, Pajot expected to be back in about a week. So that means he should return before the trade deadline or right before the trade deadline, maybe right after it. But the fact that he's close to returning to me is a good thing. Now, here's why it's good. J.G. Pajot has three years left on his contract. His cap hit is four and a half million dollars. That's a little steep for a third line center. And Pajot, still a quality player. He also has a 16-team no-trade clause, so he can veto half the, uh, a little more than half the rest of the teams in the league uh, and say he doesn't want to go there. And look, Lou Lamorello, again, I think, in general, reluctant to deal a player like J.G. Pajot. If he were to trade Pajot, I think that is an admission that this team is not going to necessarily make a long playoff run this year. Not that he's giving up on the season, but that he thinks this team needs some retooling, and that is kind of contrary to the M.O. of Lou Lamorello. But, again, from a value standpoint, the Islanders now have four centers uh, on their roster in addition to Pajot. You've got Sezikis on the fourth line. You've got Bo Horvat, you've got Matthew Barzal when he comes back healthy, and you've got Brock Nelson. That means that the Islanders can move a center and still be uh, competitive and still have four, you know, centers. And the thing is that Pajot, on the wrong side of 30, still productive, but his value is only going to be reduced, and his production on the ice as compared to his salary is also probably not going to go up at this point in his career. So in theory, would it make sense for the Islanders to try to trade J.G. Pajot? And one of the teams, by the way, that was allegedly interested was the Carolina Hurricanes. But if there are several teams that are interested, maybe you get a bidding war and maybe there's a an offer that Lou Lamorello cannot refuse it would certainly benefit the Islanders if he came back before the trade deadline and just showed that he was healthy and had a good game or two. But that is out there that the Islanders uh, are at least getting some interest right now on J.G. Pajot, and we'll keep you up to date on that. Time now for our weekly farm report as we talk all things Bridgeport Islanders and a very good week for Bridgeport last week. Three games, three wins, and that is big. Friday, Islanders with a 6-3 win over the Hartford Wolfpack, so the Islanders AHL affiliate beating the Rangers AHL affiliate, and Chris Terry led the way, a goal and three assists. It was his 900th professional hockey game, and the Islanders get a big win on Friday. Uh, First four-point game by any Bridgeport player. He leads the team in both points and assists. And how about three helpers for Ruslan Ishkakov, who, as we know, is a, a favorite of a few viewers and listeners on this podcast. 34 saves for Jakob Skarek as well. Islanders 6, Wolfpack 3. 
Then Saturday, a come-from-behind 5-4 win over the Springfield Thunderbirds. Dennis Chalowski, who we did see briefly with the New York Islanders, tied the game in the final minute of regulation. And who gets the game winner? Otto Koivula in overtime and a great win at home for Bridgeport. They were down 4-1 to one and got their second straight win, getting four straight goals to help put the game away. Goals for Arno Durando, Samuel Bolduc, uh, and Iskakov as well. 22 saves for Corey Schneider, and a goal and two assists overall for Bolduc and William DeFore had three assists. That is a new career high for him. And then on Sunday, the Islanders beat this, the Penguins by a score of 2-1. to one. That's the Wilkes-Barre, Scranton, Penguins. And uh, that was a huge win. A goal and an assist for Ishkakov. Two assists for Koivula. And Chris Terry, his 16th goal of the season. And he scored it in the opening minute of the game. Jakob Skarek, 30 saves for his second win of the weekend, and that was big for the Islanders, to say the least. Right now, Bridgeport moving up the ladder. They are in sixth place in the Atlantic Division, but again, right now, only four points out of fourth place as things are getting tight in the Atlantic Division. And if we... Take a look at the schedule right now for the upcoming weekend. Uh, three games this week for Bridgeport. We have a game this Thursday, home game, 7 o'clock Eastern time, against the Belleville Senators. Then Saturday, a 7 o'clock Eastern time start against the Charlotte Checkers, followed by a 5 p.m. face-off Sunday, also at home against the Lehigh Valley Phantoms. So, Islanders getting back on track, and this is a great opportunity with a three-game homestand to extend that three-game winning streak and get back into the swing of things in that competitive Atlantic division. Chris Terry, as we mentioned, 49 points in 44 games to lead the team. He has 16 goals, 33 assists. Andy Andreoff, 20 goals to lead the team, 38 points. Iskakov, 38 points as well, 11 goals, 27 points. Arno Durando, 13 goals, 33 points. William Dufour, 16 goals, 32 points. And Samuel Bolduc, leading all defensemen in scoring with 30 points, 9 goals, and 21 assists there. So Bridgeport with a nice hot streak, three-game winning streak over the weekend, hoping to build on it. And if you want to... Check out the Islanders, some of their top prospects, and we've seen a number of the players uh, now go up to the NHL Islanders with all of these injuries, but you could see some of the Islanders' talent right now if you head up to Bridgeport this weekend. Goaltending, Jakob Skarek getting the goals against average down to 3.30, the save percentage up to 893, so he is starting to pick up his game. Corey Schneider, a 2.65 goals against and a 9.19 save percentage. So getting some better goaltending in Bridgeport, and that helps as well. We have got more to get to on this episode of the Locked On Islanders podcast. We'll preview tonight's game against the Winnipeg Jets, plus our Islanders birthday of the day, an all-time great Islander 
who's in the Hockey Hall of Fame. We've got that and a whole lot more still to come on today's episode. Today's episode is brought to you by the Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast Newsletter. Hey, IELTS fans, are you looking for the best hockey newsletter on the internet? Well, look no further. The Adam Rothstein Hockey Podcast Newsletter is the best newsletter for any hockey fan, whether it's talking about the history of hockey, hockey video games, or how to improve your game. You'll find all that and more in this newsletter. Also, if you like this newsletter, be sure to check out the main podcast on Spotify. Lock on to, log on to rothsteina.substack.com. That's R-O-T-H-S-T-E-I-N-A.substack.com. Hope to see you there. So the Islanders going to face the Winnipeg Jets tonight. Winnipeg fresh off a 4-1 win over the Rangers at Madison Square Garden. And this is the fourth and final game of a four-game road trip for the Winnipeg Jets. They lost the first two in Columbus and in New Jersey before beating the Rangers. And, you know, Winnipeg right now in second place in the Central Division, just one point behind the Dallas Stars. So this is a, a good team. Connor Hellebuck. A heck of a goalie, 239 goals against average, three shutouts and a 926 save percentage. Dave Riddich is the backup, 249 goals against 911 save percentage. Pretty solid for a backup goalie. Mark Shifley is their number one weapon, 34 goals on the year. Kyle Connor has 39 assists. Josh Morrissey leads the team with 47 helpers including 23 assists on the power play. So Morrissey, a key there. And also, uh, keep your eye on Pierre-Luc Dubois, 24 goals, 55 points. And he and Shifley each have nine goals on the power play. Connor and Blake Wheeler have seven goals apiece. We look at the line combinations. Shifley, Connor, and Mason Appleton are the top line with Pierre-Luc Dubois, uh, centering Nikolaj Ellers and Blake Wheeler on the second line. From left to right on the third line, Morgan Barron, Adam Lowry, and Sam Gagne. And then it's Kevin Stenland on the fourth line with Saku Manlainen on to his left and Carson Kuhlman to his right. On defense, Josh Morrissey and Dylan DeMello are the top pairing. Brendan Dillon and Neil Pionk, the second pair, and Logan Stanley and Nate Schmidt make up the third pair on the power play. You will see Kyle Connor drop back to the point along with Josh Morrissey, and then it's Dubois, Stenland, and Ellers up front on the first unit, Shifley, Wheeler, and Gagne on the second unit, and Morrissey then goes back to the point with Nate Schmidt on the second unit, but that second unit may be even better than the first, and here's the thing. Middle of the pack in goals scored, 15th in the league, but 5th in goals against. Power play, middle of the road at 14%. The PK, however, 3rd in the league with an 84% success rate. So, a pretty impressive defensive team. I would expect if the Islanders can play their game and play solid defensive hockey, that this is going to be a low-scoring contest. 
between these two teams. And, you know, when when the Jets are held to th three goals or less, you got a chance to beat them. If they score three or four, it's tough to beat them because their defense is indeed that good. Time now for our Islanders' birthday of the day. And this is one of the great Islanders of all time. And today is the 58th birthday of former Islanders center Pat LaFontaine. LaFontaine, an Islanders draft pick, first round, third overall in 1983, represented the U.S. at the Olympics. He's a native of St. Louis uh, in 1984, and then joined the Islanders late in the 83-84 season after the Olympics were over. Had 13 goals and 19 points in just 15 games that year and was a member of that Islanders team that went to the Stanley Cup final against the Edmonton Oilers but fell to Gretzky and company in their bid for a fifth straight Stanley Cup. His best year with the Islanders, 1989-90, 54 goals and 105 points that year. Also had two other seasons of, uh, well, uh, three other seasons of 40-plus goals for the Islanders. But at the start of the 91-92 season, some contract issues. He's dealt to the Buffalo Sabres, finished his career briefly with the New York Rangers, but concussions ended his career too soon, really. He played in 865 NHL games, 468 goals, 1,013 points, and only 552 penalty minutes. Add 26 goals and 62 points in 69 playoff games. Pat LaFontaine, a guy who really should have been an Islander for longer and really was uh, an incredible gifted offensive player uh realistically seven hat tricks in his islanders career 13 in his nhl career his first came march 3rd 1984 at the maple leaf gardens in an 11-6 islanders win over the maple leafs is that 80s hockey or what alan bester was the first goalie in that game for toronto rick st croix uh, finished up, but Pat LaFontaine got his first career hat trick there. A deserving Hockey Hall of Famer and an all-time great Islander, someone I wish the Islanders organization would mend fences with, and I'll tell you this, he belongs in the New York Islanders Hall of Fame immediately, if not sooner. Uh, again, I know there are politics involved as to why he's not, and I hope they can smooth things out and get Pat LaFontaine in there, because he is the definition of an all-time great New York Islander. All right, we will be back tomorrow with our key takeaways from the game against Winnipeg. We'll have the latest updates on J.G. Pajot's health and a whole lot more, so make sure you join us for that. Have a great day, everybody. Stay safe, and thanks for listening and watching the Locked On Islanders podcast.